Is ESPN backing off their deal with the Pac-12 potentially? Well, Bob Iger, CEO of the Walt Disney Company, had some interesting comments and also a statement from the Pac-12, a vote of confidence for themselves. Let's talk about what that might mean for BYU and the Big 12. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show, whether you're checking it out on YouTube, listening to it on the various podcast platforms we're available on out there across the internet. Thank you for your support of the podcast, as always. Of course, we're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto is your team every day, and as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And uh, the Big 12, Pac-12, back and forth continues to roll on here. Uh, Yesterday afternoon, uh, an interesting statement came out from the Pac-12, and it's a joint statement from the 10 Pac-12 conference board members, meaning the 10 schools that are remaining when USC and UCLA take off after 2024. Quote, The 10 Pac-12 universities look forward to consummating successful media rights deals in the very near future. Based on positive conversations with multiple potential media rights partners over the past weeks, we remain highly confident in our future growth and success as a conference and united in our commitment to one another, unquote. Now, uh, if that sounds very similar to a certain alliance pack that was formed a few years back between the ACC, the Big Ten, and of course the aforementioned Pac-12. Well, it should because it reads almost the exact same. We all know how that quote-unquote alliance ended up going for the Pac-12. The way this reads to me is this is a vote of confidence in themselves trying to assuage people's fears that the conference might be on the brink of falling apart. Now, I'm not saying that the Pac-12 is going to fall apart, but this Screams to me that there are some in the conference getting maybe a little antsy about the lack of progress on a media rights deal and that could cause them to consider at least taking a phone call from Brett Yormark in the Big 12 conference. Now, how does this relate to BYU? Because this is not locked on Big 12. This is not locked on Pac-12. Those are both podcasts you can check out. I would highly recommend you check out both of them. But how it relates to BYU is BYU suddenly, after years and years and years of sitting idly by and working their way through independence and hoping and praying and wishing that they would have a chance to make it to the big boy table with the power five conferences. They have done that. And suddenly they're in a far more, at least on paper, much more tenable position than the University of Utah or any of the 10 Pac-12 schools that are remaining in the conference beyond 2024. Very interesting times. Now, let me also read this quote. Bob Iger, many of you might know, is the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Now, this guy had a phenomenal run, uh, led the Disney family of companies to absolutely unparalleled heights, uh, stepped away for a short time, then was brought back on a short-term basis recently to take over the Walt Disney Company. But he has this quote. Bob Iger, quote, We've locked in a number of deals already, and these relate to media rights deals, including some of the biggest ones, which is in college football with the SEC. We all know that they have the exclusive rights now to SEC 
football games beginning in 2024, as well as with the NFL. The one that's looming is the NBA. I know that what's on people's minds, which is a product we've enjoyed having and hope to continue to enjoy having, not because only its volume, but its quality. Now, he also adds this. ESPN has been selective in the rights that they have bought. I have had long conversations with this with Jimmy Pitaro, who is the CEO, the head honcho over ESPN, and we've got some decisions that we have to make coming up. Not on anything particularly large, but a few things. We're simply going to have to get more selective. That's the crux of this. ESPN Plus has actually grown nicely for us, and it's shown us that ESPN's brand, that the ESPN brand can be enjoyed and can be expressed well as a streaming brand. And I think that we are going to continue to have to look at that as a potential pivot for ESPN away from the linear business. But we're not going to do that precipitously. We are going to do that. We are we're not going to do that until it really makes sense from an economic perspective. The most important words in that entire statement, we've got some decisions we have to make coming up, dot, 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 and we're simply going to have to get more selective, period, end of sentence. If you're the Pac-12, you've got to get this deal done. Because if you don't, there are sharks, there are vultures, there are whatever scavenger, wild dogs of Africa that are wandering on dingoes, whatever uh, scavenger you want out there, that are trying to pick off Pac-12 schools, and the the conference that is absolutely after it the most right now is the Pac-12. John Wilner recently wrote a column. Obviously, he's been a guy who's been very, very pro-Pac-12, as he should be. He's a guy who writes a a newsletter called the Pac-12 Hotline, and he talked about the fact that he thinks that there are going to be ultimately be three power conferences in the end of all of this. He thinks that the SEC and the Big Ten have between 20 and 24 teams. He also thinks that uh, one other conference will survive, and that could be the Big 12 if they play their cards right right now, and that'd be a very, very positive sign for BYU because they're currently in the Big 12 conference. There's no uh, situation where I can foresee BYU suddenly being left on the outside because they've already locked themselves in. Now, the Pac-10 or the Pac-12, as it currently constitutes, they have got to get a media rights deal done. That uh, statement I read a little bit earlier screams to me it's a vote of confidence. It's one of those things that a coach that you are like, okay, this guy's on the hot seat. He's probably not going to have a job. And the athletic director or the president of the university comes down and says, we believe in our guy. We're going to give him all the opportunity to go out and prove us right. And we're going to make sure he's taken care of, blah, blah, blah. And a month later, they fire that head coach. That's what that this reads like to me. And you you can think I'm got some Big 12 colored glasses on, and I very well may, because trust me, I'm pro Big 12. I'm pro where BYU's playing at. And I'm looking forward very much to covering BYU in the Big 12 this fall. Cannot wait to, to be a part of this conference and covering it. I have had some great conversations with folks already uh, looking ahead to the Big 12 and what things are going to mean for each of these universities. But if you're the Pac-12 right now, there's some really, really just shaky ground that you're standing on right now. And why wouldn't you at least take a phone call from Brett Yormark and the Big 12 and at least hear them out on what they're pitching you with? Uh, Jeff Hansen wrote a really, really fun article recently talking about how, uh, yeah, maybe maybe the Big 12 did lowball the Pac-12 in a way by locking in its media rights at the $31.6 million floor that they did going into 2025. But what it has done is it has assured the Big 12 that they are on stable ground at least through this decade. They are on stable ground going into the 2030s. That statement from Bob Iger, and this guy... Trust me, anybody who pays attention to anything with regards to the Walt Disney Company, the family of companies that the Walt Disney Company has run, 
Bob Iger, this dude, knows business. He knows sound business decisions. He has led Disney, like I said, to just record profits. Shareholders wanted him back in the CEO chair of the Walt Disney Company for a reason. And when he says that we're simply going to have to get more selective, that screams to me that they are going to probably have a number they're willing to go to with regards to the to the Pac-12, and they're going to have to say that's, that's where we're going to. Is Amazon, is another streaming service willing to step in and make up the make up the difference for the Pac-12. They better hope so. But if you're a Pac-12 school right now, if a guy like Brett Yormark reaches out via back channels to your university president or an athletic director and says, hey, I simply want to talk and see where you guys are at, why wouldn't you take that conversation? Why would you not take that phone call and sit down and see what the Big 12 is pitching? Because right now, you know the Big 12, they've got things settled and they're they're locked in and ready to roll. And that's a fun thing if you're a BYU fan. It appears that the Cougars, for all intents and purposes, are signed, sealed, and delivered. And July 1, they're a member of the Big 12 Conference. And the nice part is they can start raking in those media rights, uh, the media rights money. Uh, they're going to make roughly $18 million these first two years in the conference. And then they will be part of that $31.6 million beginning in 2025 on an annual basis. And that's just the media rights stuff. That doesn't include NCAA tournament payouts. It doesn't include all, some of the other re- revenue streams that come in. There are people that are estimating that Big 12 schools could be making close to $50 million very, very quickly under the current uh, climate and how things might progress. And even at the $31.6 million, that's more than BYU has ever seen. And I would expect, by the way, if you're a BYU fan, you're going to see some pretty massive improvements, some upgrades in facilities, just overall funding for these sports because this is monies, the amount of money that's going to be coming in to the athletic department coffers at BYU is unlike anything they've ever seen. They've have always had phenomenal booster support, but to have had this amount of money coming in via media rights, they've never had that amount of money, and that's going to be a very welcome thing. But it's a very, very positive sign for the Big 12 right now and very shaky ground if you're the Pac-12. And we'll see where it all shakes out. But, man, uh, I am ecstatic that BYU is in a pretty uh, good spot, all things considered, moment right now. Now, might a history lesson from the past teach us a little bit about how BYU will operate moving forward? A very interesting article written by Greg Welch, art director BYU on Twitter for Vanquish the Foe. I want to talk about some of the things uh, coming out of his piece he wrote for Vanquish the Foe that came out on Monday. We'll get to all of that in just a couple of minutes. Now, before we do that, though, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Now, Built Bar has been a phenomenal partner of ours for many, many years. And the best part about Built Bars are they are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. The macros on these things are absolutely incredible. 130 to 160 calories, depending on the bar, four to six grams of sugar, and more importantly, between 17 and 18 grams of protein packed into these bars. The best part about them, covered in 100% chocolate. You will not believe how good they taste versus how good they are for you. That's what I love about Built Bars. I would encourage you guys to give them a shot as well. And now you don't have to wait around to have your Built Bar shipped to you by going on Built.com to order them there. You actually can stop in your local Smith's or Sam's Club today and pick up your Built Bars now if you need them right away. You can pick up a four bar, uh, four bar box at your local Smith's stores, or you can get a 13 bar box over at Sam's Club. We got flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff. You also got brownie batter and churro. They're phenomenal flavors. The best part is, like I said, you do not have to wait if you don't want to. If you don't mind waiting, you can still go over to built.com. And while you're there, use the promo code locked on 15 for 15% off your order. I, I can't express how much I enjoy built bars. I would encourage you guys to give them a shot if you have not done so already. The more important part is they are a big 
partner of BYU football and BYU athletics. So nothing better than to support our friends at Built Bar by once again going to your local Smiths and or Sam's Club today to pick up your boxes now or get to Built.com. Once again, use that promo code LOCKEDON15 to save 15% and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with our friends at Built Bar. Now, also, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bewearables. And uh, some of you probably noticed uh, the shirt I'm wearing today. I'm actually going to tip this down. It says, caution, uh, if you can see that on YouTube, trees don't move. Now, uh, what I love about Be Wearables, they're a new sponsor of ours here. Is they have a global fan base. Many of you out there know that there are BYU fans literally all over the world. We have guys like Glenn, my good friend out there in the Philippines. I know that our recent rankings of like Apple podcast uh, listens were ranking in Ghana, Africa, and Oman over there in the Middle East. Thank you for your support. BYU truly does have a global fan base. BeWearables.co, Beware, and Wearables, mashed together, has collected real science from around the world. They're just funny, my friends. The, this shirt is from a snowboard sign in Colorado. Of course, any of you who have been skiing and or snowboarding know that running into trees is a real risk. And it says trees don't move. They don't. Uh, I've, I've seen enough people run into trees. I've had my own interaction with trees during my snowboarding days. But the best part about these shirts is they're created by BYU alumni and Fans, BeWearables.co, converts silly road signs into high-quality T-shirts. They also put them on hoodies, phone cases, tote bags, and more. The best best part is they feature hilarious signs from all over the world, like we said. Uh, Iceland, Southeast Asia. This one comes from as, as close as Colorado, but they're far away as Asia, Brazil, and more. They sell the shirts through Amazon with fast-free shipping, and the best part is you can get anything you want. If you want a custom design, you have a really cool road sign maybe you saw on your mission or you've seen in a recent trip, you can send it over to Be Wearables, and they'll create that shirt for you or put it on like this, uh, the hoodie or a tote bag, whatever you're looking for. Be Wearables can do it for you guys. So go to BeWearables.co and start there. I love my shirts. They're high-quality T-shirts, incredible fit. That's the best part about them. That is Beware, A-B-L-E-S dot C-O, to browse through their collection of funny designs right now. Or once again, if you have a custom design, you can reach out to Be Wearables and get to work with Brad and his company. Life is funny, wear it. That's BeWearables.co. Thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked On Cougars and helping us uh, be a, the number one spot to get all of your BYU sports news out there. I want to encourage you guys to make sure you check out our brand new podcast. It's called Locked On College Basketball. It's got everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Get yourself ready for March Madness upcoming. The final month of the season is ongoing right now. That's Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right. So, uh, very interesting article written by uh, art director BYU. Most of you know him as Greg. Lives out in the Midwest, but he's been a very active BYU fan on Twitter forever. Uh, he's one of the first guys I remember actually interacting with on Twitter way back when, when it came to BYU stuff. And Greg is just a great dude. He re- did a fantastic deep dive on a great uh, thing about BYU and 12 years ago when BYU went independent. And a very interesting line from Craig Thompson, of course, the former Mountain West Conference commissioner, a guy that BYU fans love to refer to as Hair Thompson, a guy that either you love him or you hate him, in most cases, BYU. BYU fans, a little bit of loathing when it comes to Craig Thompson. But in an article, 3,000 words by the Athletics' Chris Vanini about Craig Thompson's career as a college administrator had this little tidbit in it. It says, Boise State and the Mountain West were about to face a crisis. That is, until Utah President Mike Young got wind of BYU in the WAX plan and informed Thompson. Now, many of you will recall, BYU, and if you don't, had a plan in uh, 2010 to put together what they called The Project. They were working in concert with Utah State and other WAX schools 
schools at the time included Fresno State, Nevada, etc. They were going to take BYU's Olympic sports back over to the WAC, go back to the, one of their ancestral homelands, so to say, in a conference thing. BYU had broken away from the WAC, if you recall, in the late 1990s to form the Mountain West Conference. But they were just so dissatisfied with some of the uh, empty promises that the, the, the Mountain West had given them. You have rebroadcast rights. No, you probably don't actually have that. And BYU was just fed up with the fact that they were not able to be found by the friends. Any of you who are alive and watching BYU during that era, remember how difficult it was to get the mountain on your cable package. And by the way, the standard definition for years when other program, other conferences were in high def, it was just a brutal brutal stretch for the BYU football program. Well, they decided, you know what, we're going to try and do something about this. And this obviously coincided around the same time that obviously Utah was getting their invite to the Pac-12. TCU was headed to the Big 12. So BYU was trying to find the thing that we're going to do this. But Mike Young, the president of the University of Utah, a BYU graduate for what it's worth, was the guy that tipped off Craig Thompson to this. Now, people are acting like this is revolutionary information, and I guess I probably should have reacted a little heavier to it because I read this article all the way through when it first came out. It was, I think, it was in, in, in January, I think, is when it came out from Chris Vanini. But uh, the thing about this is I had a conversation with a person who's far more in the know on these things. Uh, this goes back... Whew, uh, at least a couple of years. And we were talking about just kind of reminiscing on the old days and BYU when they finally went independent. And they essentially insinuated, and I, I always, I guess it just didn't, it, it didn't hit me, that Utah played a big role in BYU having to revamp things. They had to very quickly, remember, you had, they had to pivot and throw their athletic program, the, the Olympic sports, so to say, the basketball program, et cetera, into the West Coast Conference after the Mountain West caught wind of the deal and went ahead and just like overnight invited Nevada in Fresno State uh, to join the Mountain West Conference. They happily accepted, and obviously that scuttled the plan that BYU had. Now, what impetus would the University of Utah and Michael Young have to do this? Well, in the story, and many of you might recall that Stan Albrecht, who was the president of Utah State University at the time, he was working with in concert with BYU, then BYU president Cecil O. Samuelson. And many of you recall Cecil O. Samuelson is a former, uh, like, was he the head dog or head head man of the Crimson Club? So he's a Utah guy through and through. But he was doing his best to get BYU into the best position possible. So. Michael Young catches wind of this, gives a phone call uh, to uh, Craig Thompson and tips him off. Hey, BYU's jumping into the whack. Why in the world would Michael Thompson, Michael, excuse me, not Michael Thompson, Michael Young do that? Well, let's think about this. You don't want BYU to be emboldened and have a chance to maybe uh, kind of stack up or maybe prop up a conference that has Utah State where they might make those two programs a little bit better when you're making the jump to the Pac-12. Was it out of spite? The University of Utah scuttled this plan for BYU. I'm not saying it was, but it kind of reads as if that. Because as uh, Art Director Cougar Greg uh, writes in this article for Vanquish the Foe, the, the way things played out, it, it just screams to me. This is just this is Jake Hatch speaking. And like I said, the conversation I had with a person far more in the know was that they maybe, they maybe knew that Utah had done this, but they essentially insinuated that Utah had a role to play in this. And maybe I, that's why I was not as stunned when I read that revelation uh, from Craig Thompson uh, back in January. But the more that uh, Greg Welch wrote about this, man, I come away from this thinking, man, Utah, 
did BYU dirty in a way with this. Now, things did work out for BYU. Like we just mentioned, BYU's on their way to the Big 12. Things are looking great for the Cougars, whereas Utah and the Pac-12, things look a little more hairy, a little more shaky for them. Uh, But the, the thing about this is, you look at this and... It screams to me that Michael Young saw an opportunity to get Utah to the next level. Obviously, they were making the jump to the Pac-12. They were going to make more money than they ever knew what they were going to be able to do with, and they've reinvested that in their athletic programs. They've had a great run in the Pac-12, especially in football. Nothing against them on that front. But an opportunity to essentially uh, tell Utah State to stay over in their corner over there and also stop your arch rival from essentially doing their thing and building themselves up, Seems like a pretty uh, easy thing for the University of Utah to have done. But it was a very, very interesting deep dive on this. And, uh, man, as as the final stanza of this article reads, uh, let's see, I'm scrolling down this real quick. It says, however likely or unlikely that scenario may be, meaning that Michael Young uh, and the University of Utah scuttled BYU's plans and also the chances the Pac-12 may sign a new deal with ESPN and Amazon may expand back to 12 teams, but recent reports say it's also possible the Big 12 targets as many as six Pac-12 schools for membership in the Big 12. Well, no matter how it plays out, it says this, however unlikely or unlikely that scenario or scenarios may be, if it comes to that point and votes are, votes are being taken in the near future, the leadership at BYU may want to remember all of the history of this moment. Now, I don't think that... Uh, BYU, Michael, uh, not Michael Worthen, uh, Kevin Worthen, university president, uh, Keith Vorkink, the advancement vice president, Tom Homo is the athletic director, all the guys on down the list of the head honchos of BYU, they have a pretty good relationship with the University of Utah. Do I think that BYU would turn around and essentially just stab Utah in the back if they had the opportunity to do that? I don't think so. But they may just want to think about it just for a minute because the, the, the whole thing on that story, the more we learn about it, Craig Thompson and the University of Utah, Michael Young in particular, seem to have done BYU dirty way back when. Because it may have changed everything for BYU, having their sports go back into the whack. You think about it, at that time, Fresno State and Nevada were not pushovers. Colin Kaepernick was leading Nevada to absolutely stellar seasons. Boise State had just recently made the jump or was announcing their jump to the Mountain West. So obviously losing them was uh, was not good for the whack. But having a power brand like BYU go back to the Western Athletic Conference is the WAC today what it is? Are they a FCS football conference that's having to partner with the uh, was it the ASUN or whatever they have to partner with to get enough football teams to really compete in the FCS ranks? Do they have the likes of Southern Utah, UVU, and uh, uh, Utah Tech in their basketball ranks? Maybe not. But there's a, just a very interesting just kind of ret- retrospective on that and. Very interesting stuff. I would encourage you to read it. I, I will link it in the show notes if you want to go and read it. It's on vanquishthefoe.com. Robbie McCombs and those guys over there at Vanquish the Foe doing phenomenal work, uh, making sure you're up to speed on everything going on in uh, BYU sports. They do a great job. And like I said, this was a phenomenal uh, piece of journalism, honestly. It was great journalism by Greg Welch. Obviously, Jer- Greg is, uh, like you said, art director. He doesn't necessarily do journalism on his day-to-day basis. But this article, very very interesting stuff with a slant. We all get that. It's, it's a B, it's a pro BYU article, but man, you can you can read and make of it what you will. But it sure seems like Michael Young, uh, yeah, did did the BYU dirty in a way. And it's crazy to think that you had a pro Utah guy leading BYU at the time and a, a former BYU graduate leading, leading the University of Utah. But then when you have Utah State and BYU team up, and the University of Utah is like, you know what? We're not going to play that game. We're just going to scuttle this right now. Crazy, crazy stuff. All right. 
Coming up in just a minute, we'll round out today's show with another look back at the regular season finale of the 2012 season, our retrospective on all 155 BYU games they played as an independent football program continues to look back at a matchup in Las Cruces, New Mexico against the New Mexico State Aggies. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, they've been a huge partner of ours here. And what I love about FanDuel is they want you guys to win in the betting game. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Obviously, the NBA All-Star Game is going to be here in Salt Lake City this weekend. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The best part is new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in free bets from our friends over at FanDuel. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained or any other prop bet out there. The best part about this with an NBA bet, you can go out there and say, okay, I like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, whatever your interest is when it comes to the All-Star games or if you're just in a regular NBA mood on any given night. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo is going for a big night. You can bet on that. The best part is you can have exclusive bets like two uh, two by three, which is two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. They're simple, simple prop-type bets that can net you a bunch of money. The best part is FanDuel lets you even combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with a same-game parlay. So do not miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more now. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. At UCCU, Love Where You Bank is a promise made by a local not-for-profit financial institution dedicated to helping families improve their financial lives. UCCU is delivering on that promise with pioneering new technologies that make banking safer, easier, and more convenient. The best part is they even create new products and services that add real value to their members, and they are providing easy access to real local human beings who always give personal help or assistance. I can attest this. I've talked to you guys about this with UCCU. My first checking account, my first savings account, my first credit card, home loan, car loan, all of it in my life has come through UCCU, and I've got zero complaints. There's a reason why I continue to keep them as my primary financial institution. So get over there. There's many reasons to love banking with UCCU, and now they're sharing 14 reasons to love where you bank. The best part is they're giving away a stay at the Grand America Hotel, complete with a visit to the Grand Spa until Valentine's Day. Today, my friends, on both Facebook and Instagram, see why you'll love banking with UCCU. When you see a post, love it, and you'll be automatically entered to win the Grand America experience from our friends at Utah Community Credit Union. Enter each day. Today's the final day to do it. So get on it, my friends. Visit UCCU's Facebook or Instagram pages now until Valentine's Day and enter to win. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys being a part of the show. It's phenomenal uh, to talk BYU with you guys. And your interaction, by the way, uh, is absolutely great. And by the way, I've got a request for you guys. Some of my podcasts recently, I think I have like a really juicy topic that I discuss, but uh, just based on the download numbers, you guys don't necessarily think it's as good as I thought it was. So I welcome all feedback. If there is a segment or an idea you'd like me to pursue on the podcast, I am open to any and all ideas. This is the downtime of the season. I know that basketball is still ongoing, but football reigns supreme. We all know that. If there is something you want me to investigate, look into, or just a a feature you'd like me to add to the podcast rotation, I'd love nothing more than to solicit your feedback. Please email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Drop us a note on social media. You can check out the 
the show Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Drop me a DM on Twitter. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. Reach out any which way you want to and let me know. If there's something you'd like me to see or something to bring back on the show that you're maybe a longtime listener that we've gone away from, if you'd like it, I'm welcome and open to all ideas. So thank you in advance for doing that. And I'd love to hear you guys' feedback on all things going on. Uh, with BYU. Now, before we go on today's show, BYU finished up the 2012 season in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Now, BYU got, went into this game sans Riley Nelson. For the second time in the final uh, month of the season, he suffered an injury. This time, there would not be a miracle recovery in the season finale as he got injured the week before in that disappointing 20-14 to loss to San Jose State. That thrust James Lark, the former Pineview Panther, into the starting role for BYU at quarterback. He was the third starting quarterback this season in 2012 for the BYU. BYU football program, but he saved maybe his finest performance in a BYU uniform for this game. Now, let me also acknowledge this. New Mexico State, not a good team. They were 1-9 coming into this matchup, hosting BYU on senior day. Excuse me, 1-10. They were 1-10 on senior day, hosting BYU in Las Cruces. But James Lark, after a pretty shaky first quarter, it was 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, and you're thinking, okay, is BYU going to sleepwalk through this? No, they just took a minute to warm up, because after that, they put 50. They put a 50-burger on New Mexico State. James Lark ended up completing 30 34 of 50 passes, 384 yards, but the biggest stat line of the day, Cody freaking Hoffman. Uh, let's see, what did he have? 12 receptions, 182 yards, one of the great single seasons of recent memory for BYU as a wide receiver. He finishes off the regular season in style. Like I said, 12 receptions, 182 yards, and of the six touchdown passes that James Lark tossed, five of them went to number two. Cody Hoffman, an absolutely legendary performance for him. Uh, just great stuff for BYU to finish off their season, making it to 7-5. and five. They, of course, had already locked up bowl eligibility. And the thing about this, the story about this 2012 season for BYU is as we look back at these games, there's a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda with this team in 2012. A legendary defense that was a, a top 25 at the very worst in most metrics out there. Of course, you, you, you would have thought, okay, had they had a more functional offense, and as we are going to learn... After the season, well, Bronco Mendenhall realized that and decided to make a change at offensive coordinator, but they locked up an opportunity to go to San Diego to play in the San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. Now, we all know, uh, if you, well, I guess if you were around during that time, you know what happened in that game. We'll discuss it more in depth on tomorrow's podcast. But 7-5, and five, all things considered out of the season, had to have, uh, and I, I still consider it to be a disappointment. I, I said this when we started talking about BYU's defense as we went through each of these games, is that BYU should have had a better season considering how good that 2012 offense, uh, excuse me, 2012 defense was. The offense in many ways failed it. Now, having to start three different quarterbacks this season did them no favors. But having guys like Cody Hoffman and a, and a, a freshman sensation in Jamal Williams, who absolutely came on strong down the stretch, in this game against New Mexico State, Jamal was their leading rusher with six 62 yards. Now, BYU was throwing it all over the yard, so 62 yards is pretty pedestrian for Jamal Williams, but it was still a phenomenal performance for BYU across the board as they finished the season 7-5. and five. But, like I said, you would have expected maybe a little better record considering how things were going with that defense that year. We'll talk about how the defense came to play on a rainy, uh, crazy night down there in San Diego to finish out the 2012 season and bowl season in the Poinsettia Bowl, but we'll get to that on tomorrow's show. It's a little bit of a hook to keep you guys uh, locked in for the rest of the week. Now, uh, of course, we are done for today's show, but I want to encourage you guys to return tomorrow. Who knows what crazy this might come out? Will the Pac-12 make another statement? Will, they, will there be more news about the Big 12 maybe going out and trying to continue to poach somebody? Who knows 
what's going to happen. We'll have you covered every single day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. You guys are great out there. I cannot thank you guys enough for your support of the podcast, as always. want to encourage you guys now to make your second listen of the sh- of the day our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Of course, Josh Neighbors has got plenty to talk about on this front with regards to the Big 12 versus Pac-12 deal. If you want more on it, check out Locked On Big 12 wherever you get your podcast. It's also available on YouTube. So until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.